Hey everyone, Steve here. If you've listened to the last two episodes, I mentioned at the top that John and I saw a 41% increase in our March downloads. And because we're no longer in the iTunes new and noteworthy, this increase is 100% organic and in no small part due to the many of you in our audience helping to get the word out. Thank you. John and I are trying to figure out how to be able to hire the kind of support team to be able to increase the number of shows we do each week. If you like what we're doing, we're spending this month asking you all for prayer, shares, and feedback. Most importantly, pray for us. Share what we're doing with people via social media and in person and for your feedback. Tell us what you like, any guests you'd like to see on, and especially tell us if we're missing the mark for you. John Maxwell has a famous quote that goes something like this. If you're leading and no one is following, you're just out for a walk. Likewise, if not for you listening right now, John and I would just be talking to air. We know you could be spending your time listening to thousands of other options. And so we don't take it lightly that you're listening to us. Thanks. God had to strip away everything from me that, that I had built up. You know, you can call them strongholds or whatever they are. They are landmines left over, and they need to be cleared out. But uh, the opinions of others was very difficult for me to to get past. And so it's just this continued journey towards sonship and being joyful about every day and truly living what the Bible teaches us to live. And, And so, but in that, there are so many tests. Welcome to Eternal Leadership, a show dedicated to equipping and inspiring leaders to accomplish what God has created in them. I'm Steve Ryder, and that was today's guest, Kevin Adams. Now, back in December, our good friend at Heaven in Business, Andy Mason, connected me with Kevin. Kevin wrote a book called The Extravagant Fool, and when I was in Reading at the Heaven in Business conference, I read it and I finished it in a couple of days. I immediately connected with Kevin's journey. This is a story of losing all of his material possessions in 2008 and how God used it to draw Kevin to a life of peace, contentment, and deeper relationships with God and his family. My co-host John Ramstead and I had a chance to chat with Kevin and here's how I got that conversation going. So, John, while I was in Reading at the Heaven and Business Conference in January, I took a book with me because Andy Mason had introduced me to our next guest, Kevin Adams. And Kevin wrote a book called Extravagant Fool. And as I was reading it, I honestly felt like Kevin had walked the journey that I have walked and you have walked after your accident in really just God radically changing everything in our lives and really helping to draw us deeper in a relationship with him. And I, and I saw a real potential need for our listeners to hear this kind of a story because so many of us go through desert seasons and wilderness seasons where so much of what we've built around us has just been stripped away and we've lost seemingly everything. And so I, I really felt like this would be a great encouragement for our listeners. And so Kevin... Adams, it's great to have you on. Thanks, Steve. John, both of you guys, uh, uh, what a great opportunity. I, I appreciate it so much. It's just a wonderful. Uh, I'm so glad to meet you guys. You know, Kevin, welcome to the show. You know, there's so many times in our lives where we've had these tremendous ups and these tremendous downs. And, and sometimes one of the most compelling things and helpful is just how do people that are in just that valley time, 
how do they just dig deep and pull themselves out of it and get back up into a life that's that's thriving again? And I, I love the tagline of your book, a faith journey that begins where common sense ends. And, you know, that just touched me. And I could share with you my whole story with yours, and there's so many parallels there. But what you've pulled out with what you've done with this book, I think is so going to be so helpful for people. And I, I'd love to just have you start and just so people can get to know you, just share your story and your background. And, and, th- and then we can get into, you know, what you've learned along the journey and, and why you wrote the book. Sure. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I grew up knowing who God was uh, in a uh, Christian family. Um, and, and I guess uh, about age 18, uh, I took that step, you know, that, that I got dunked and said, you know, Jesus, come on in. And I felt like I'd already known him my whole life, but, uh, you know, we make that commitment. Well, from that point on is, is what I would consider the sanctification journey, uh, from about age 18 to, you know, 2008. And, uh, that, that trajectory and that, 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 uh, uh, sanctification journey is uh, really where where the surrender comes in. So I think the difference between what I used to be and what I am now, and, and what so many of us are now, uh, as we've gone through this this broken period, is uh, we are not c- committed Christians anymore. We are surrendered, and and I'll tell you, there's a big difference when it comes to handing out glory in that. Commitment is about me and my striving and my strength, and surrender is just about His. And that's sort of the, the, the emphasis or the gist of this journey. And so going from one place to another. So prior to 2008, you were really successful. You had a marketing company. You were moving up in the social status in terms of neighborhoods in the Franklin community. But when the economy crashed it seemed like everything fell apart. Yeah, exactly. It, it uh, you know, we were just doing the right things. I mean, we, I mean, we were regular Christian folks. We were tithing and, and giving and helping people and just doing a lot of good stuff. And so I thought a lot of this was based on my behavior. The blessing comes by being obedient. You know, it sounds good. But uh, I think I was off. And if you get, take two parallel lines and you, you knock it, one of them off by just a tick, I mean, you know, a year later, they're going in opposite directions. So that's sort of uh, what happened with me. I didn't realize that, that I was leveraging and, and just doing all these things that really weren't what God was leading me to do. So it was a difference between listening to what God was saying versus listening to what good man, you know, godly wisdom, I guess. Uh, maybe it's not, but but what I thought was. So listening to my peers and, and following that. Uh, so, so yeah, it, it, it was, uh, we were doing very well. We had uh, multiple homes and, and uh, some properties and uh, yeah, had a great income and, and uh, quite a bit saved and, and all that, you know, it was just, it was awesome. <laughs> It was all gone in 90 days, and I mean, it was just the, you know, the, the opposite. We were that much in debt. Uh, we had no money, and just, I mean, wow. <laughs> it's a big fall. What were your first thoughts when that all was taking place? Well, you know, I think, uh, I think honestly, I had an inkling in, in uh, 
I had a feeling in two thousand in the summer of two thousand eight that that something just didn't feel right. I mean, everything was going well. We were starting to get behind on our receivables a little bit, and you know that's <laughs> that's never a good thing. Um, but uh, that that wasn't it. I knew there was something uh, off, or, or that, that I felt like something was going to change. And again, I can't really put a finger on that. Uh, you know, I'm not a prophet, but um, it, when it happened. I wasn't completely shocked, although I was very hurt. And uh, and I, I was hurt. It didn't make me reject God, but it, it made me, uh, I didn't understand why. You know, hey, Papa, well, why? What's going on here? You know, I've done all the right things. I've, I've helped people. You know, I've worked really hard. And we just, we want to do the right thing. But, uh, you know, again, it, I, I just... Uh, I just wasn't sure uh, what he was up to more than anything, and it was very painful. I mean, we literally lost every revenue stream, any kind of income from every angle, things that didn't even have to do with the economy. <laughs> so I knew that this was something was about to change personally between me and God, and obviously the rest of the world, <laughs> there was stuff going on too. So, so this was kind of like your Job story. Yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> Love Job. In fact, I need to get back in there and study Job again. Uh, yeah, I actually look at it more as a – now that I look back on it, I look at it, it – it is very similar to Job, um, but but I also look at it as a Joseph kind of story um, uh, because, you know, God gives us dreams, and, and I've always felt like God wanted me to – to uh, speak to people, to be in front of people. And I always had a dream about being uh, a teacher of some sort and just didn't know, you know, how that could ever be. So my goal was, well, I'll get rich, uh, get financially free. And you know, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, God is, is abundant. and But, uh, you know, what he was trying to show me is that, that I needed to let him do it his way. So... You know, just trying to build up all this wealth and, and uh, you know, it, it just really distracted me rather than, than got me on the path of who I was. But uh, the Joseph thing is, is important to me because I knew there was something to it. In fact, I'll share a quick story. Uh, years ago when I was in sales, we, we had uh, the company that I was with. We had 100 salespeople, and I was the third uh, one year, I was the third in sales, and they they we had a conference, and the 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 uh, one of the company leaders asked asked us to speak. So you know, number one guy got up. He's you know he spoke, uh, and he said how he did it. The number two guy got up, and he said how we did it. Well, it was my turn to get up, and lo and behold, you know they, they introduced me. Well, Kevin Adams. Well, actually, and they looked at his watch, and you know there was no time left. He said sorry. I promised God at that point, because I was going to say, this is what God did. And, and I just made a promise. And this was in the mid-90s. I made a promise. Lord, if you ever put me in front of people, you know, all I want to do is glorify you. Well, I'd forgotten about that for years. So so I kind of look back on that now and say, you know, I feel, feel like I've gone in a pit, gone through this journey. And uh, I feel like, you know, I'm not saying I want to be ruler of the world, but I just I just want to be able to live out that calling um, on my life rather than trying to figure out a way to eat. Hey, Kevin, take us back to that pit. You know, after everything just went away, what was one of your lowest points, and what did you do to move forward from that point? 
Wow. Yeah, there's some really low points. Um, man, you know, one of the one of the uh, there's several. I think the biggest thing was the identity crisis. You know, as men, we we put so much into our careers and and what we've accomplished and what other people think. And you know, my wife. I think our wives are. are they, they want the security and, and, and just to know that everything's going to be okay. So, uh, you know, I had my own sort of low point. And then I had low points with uh, in my marriage and, and, and that kind of uh, thing. And it's really hard to say which, is, which was the lowest. But, uh, you, you know, there was a, a point uh, several years into this after God had revealed to me that that I was a writer, um, a, a, you know, a, a communicator of his message. And, you know, my wife and I were uh, down very low. We've, we've had a lot of moments where we couldn't eat. We didn't have food, uh, you know, plenty of time where we couldn't pay the rent. And we've, we've been very close to homelessness. It, it never happened, but, it, I mean, it was, it was pretty close uh, several times. So all those were low points. But this one is probably what I would consider uh, maybe a low point, but a, a, at the same time a, uh, a, a real tipping point. And that was when God had given me the call to write, and I had to decide, is this really God, or is this just me wishful thinking or, or roman- being romantic or uh, you know what have you, just, just, just trying to escape reality. And so I learned through through that that intimate relationship with him, how to listen to his voice. But it, I still was tested in that. And one of these big tests was uh, there was a time where my wife uh, just she believed in me. She trusted, and you know a lot of women wouldn't, but she stayed with me. She trusted that God was speaking to me. But there came a point where you know we didn't have we had we maybe had some milk and some bread, but we didn't have enough for a meal. And here I am, you know, this crazy 40-something-year-old guy sitting on his couch with a computer trying to write a blog post. I mean, that's ridiculous. Um, <laughs> the way I grew up, and probably most of us, that's foolish. And, uh, but, I, but I had this overwhelming desire, uh, but, but it was, a, it was a, a spirit-led thing. And I know that now. At the time, I, I wasn't sure. So anyway, my wife comes to me and she says, Kevin, I believe in you, but we, I can't take this anymore. This has got to end. We've got to do something. You have got to do something. We've got to feed our kids. And, you know, I, I just, it, it, I, it tore me apart because for the first time in my life, I had to put God on the throne and not my wife. And I never knew that I was doing that. And uh, wow, it's so. So she looked at me, and I just said, "Holly, I, I, God gave me the gift of faith in that moment." And I said, "I'm sorry, I have to do this." And that was the first time I had that kind of courage. Uh, again, that was just totally God uh, in in the room at that moment. So my wife didn't say a word. She left. She left the room. <laughs> And frankly, I thought she was going to leave, take the kids, and go somewhere else to safety with, with, without such a, a ridiculous person in her life. I wouldn't blame her. She would be absolutely right to do that. So, so anyway, to, to try to sum this up, uh, she 
she when she left, she was gone for several hours, and I waffled. I mean, the gift of faith went out the window, and I'm going, what the crud am I doing? This is crazy. I am the biggest fool there is. I kept, I was wrestling with that. So a couple hours later, she comes back. I did not know, you know, and, and right before she came back, I was getting ready to get up and say, Holly, you're right. I'm, I'm crazy. I'm going to go, you know, I'm go- going to McDonald's and, and whatever I got to do, you know. And, uh, but she comes back in. She says, Kevin, um, I've been praying. And, and uh, she said, I'm with you. I'm with you. I believe God is with you. And I stand with you no matter what, whether we have food or not. Keep going. <laughs> well, that sent me to the moon. I mean, that, that just... That did it. I knew. So that's a nice story. But what, how I know that that was real is because the same day and within the same 24-hour period, I had a call. I had a, a link. Uh, someone out of the blue, unsolicited, uh, connected me with uh, an editor, a publisher, a major publisher. And they said, Kevin, we love your story. Write me a book. That was one confirmation. That doesn't happen. Uh, the other one was I had a... Um, an old client, a former client from several years earlier who hadn't, hadn't talked to, hadn't reached out to anything. And they just called me and said, Kevin, uh, we've got a project for you. Uh, only you can do it. I had some kind of intimate knowledge uh, from the past and uh, was able to, to really help them a lot quicker than someone else. So that project uh, was something that, that paid me uh, for months and months. Uh, and it took me just a few weeks to do, and they paid me a, a percentage of it up front. So within two days, I had a check. We had plenty to eat. I had uh, a publisher asking me to write a book, and I had my wife on my side. And if that's not God, man, then we're you know we're all in trouble. So anyway, hey, hey Kevin, could you share? There's you hear so many stories when you know people are in this moment. Everything's been stripped away, especially your identity, and for. For men, that is such a hard thing to put into context. But what allowed you to have this faith when everything uh, in your life had just been taken away and you were able to just plug in to God and trust him? Because I think a lot of people during those times of crisis, either they get closer to God or they move away from God. It's You, you don't say static. So what would you say to somebody in that situation with your faith to to just help them? Absolutely. You're you're right on the uh I I think that the key to this is deciding what you believe. And and a lot of times we are not really forced to make that decision because life is comfortable and uh, you know it it's kind of a work to eat cycle work to eat to work to eat and as long as we're doing that we're comfortable so there's no challenge i think and and i think that's affected mainstream christianity in a huge way and so we get worn out from it uh, and or we become apathetic or discouraged etc for me one of the triggers was uh george mueller's autobiography um i had read it about 10 years earlier uh, someone introduced it to me and I read it and I threw it. <laughs> I thought, this guy is nuts. And, uh, you know, my wife thought the same thing. Well, okay, that's his calling. That's not for me. So, you know, but I kept the book and, and it, it's funny when all this happened, 
I remembered it and I went back to it and I thought, this guy prayed and God moved and he didn't ask anybody for help. If this is real, you know, I'm 40 something years old. This is it. This is it. I've believed all my life in, in God and God the Father. I mean, Jesus, my King, my Redeemer, but, but also my God the Father. And if he's real and he's really Jehovah Jireh, then he's got to come through. So, so, you know, in a way, I put him to the test. But, but it was that point in my life where I had already done all the hard work and, and done all the right things. And I, I just, I, I couldn't in my mind go back to, oh, I can do this for another 10, 15 years and have it fall apart again. What's the point? You know, why am I even here? So all those things kind of flooded through my mind. And, and uh, God began to reveal to me uh, uh, through the George Mueller biography, autobiography, and then just study. I started studying, and he, I, I began to discern his voice and that he does speak to us. And, you know, I, I hear people say all the time, well, I don't know if he speaks to us or not. I'm thinking, well, okay, you know, he, y- you may not hear his voice, but you're telling me he gave you wisdom for that decision. How did that happen? It it, it doesn't matter. It's just semantics. God is spirit, and He speaks to us. So, so that that sort of process was, uh, you know, going from this thing about it's me, it's my behavior, it's my commitment to letting go, and realizing that I need to be Mary at Jesus' feet, and and not Martha. Uh, I, I'm not sure if I answered your question fully, but uh, you know, it's just. I'm very passionate about this. Well, no, I think that that was really helpful. And, you know, when I went through a similar situation, and it was it was very physically painful, and every day, I, I like what you said, it was a choice. I had to choose to turn toward God and the hope that that gave me, because I knew that if I let go of that and I didn't have any hope in my life that the future was going to be better, that I could heal, that I could be in less pain. I mean, there were some days I would just pray for God just to get me through the next five minutes just because of just the physical pain that I was in. And he would just get me through the next five minutes and then the next five minutes. I would love for you to maybe share about that hope, uh, if that was a piece of this, in your heart and how you connected to that as you and and Holly uh, really, you know, went through this journey. Yeah. Wow. Well, you know, here's the thing. We, and, and that's great. I, I really get that five minute thing. I mean, it's like we learned how to live day to, day by day, uh, and in maybe even hour by hour. And, and I guess when it's physical, it's it's probably five minutes. <laughs> uh, so wow. Um, but uh, yeah, and th- and that kind of grows from that point on to month to month. And and and, th- and I'm talking about in terms of faith. Um, but uh, my hope came in in just to, it, truly I had to decide to be hopeful. I had to decide, do I really believe uh, this God is real? And uh, of course I wanted to see him move, but it's kind of like jumping out of an airplane, which I've done one time, uh, so I can say this with integrity. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, climb out on that wing and you, you pack your chute and, you, you, you know, you've been trained – all that stuff, but you still have to jump before that thing opens. You've got to take the death plunge so that it can open and save you. 
And, uh, you know, God just just really took me to Scripture. So I don't really have a defining uh, way to to describe it other than he would say things to to me like, uh, do you want to emulate the heroes of Scripture or do you want to just keep quoting them? Mm. And these guys are our heritage, men and women. You know, it, it doesn't matter. Let's look at all of them from from the the start. I mean, who builds an ark in the desert? That's nuts. It's not common sense. I mean, just we we can just name you know twenty of them right now. Uh, Esther, any of them. So their breakthroughs came at the behest of logic and and you know the mind, will, and emotions. It, it they. They learned how to listen and follow the Spirit of God. And so that's what he kept talking to me about was just listen to that still, small voice. I will lead you. So I I got hope in that, and there was little confirmations and things. So it kind of built on itself, but then I would have a a huge crash. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So it wasn't an overnight thing, and... uh, but it, but it was one of those things where he kept us going. He kept sustaining us. And he did take care of us. He provided for us. We've never been without in seven years of this. Kevin, I so, I, I so identify with what you're saying because for 15 years I worked for Dr. James Dobson at Focus on the Family, and then I left with him to go help start Family Talk. And during that time at Family Talk, the money never really came in for us to do the kind of work that we wanted to do. And so we were doing two daily radio broadcasts with half the staff that I had at Focus to do one. And after two years of doing that physically, I mean, it really started to strain some work relationships, and it really started to, more importantly, just strain me because I was doing so much work out of my own strength. I was doing it all out of my own power. And towards the end, my health started to go downhill. I lost 20 pounds my last two months that I was there just because of I wasn't eating. I wasn't sleeping well. It, it, it was just, it was really starting to affect me. And my pastor pulled me aside at one point and, and, and he looked at me and he, he told me the story. He said, Steve, when mother eagles are getting ready to lay eggs, they'll naturally pluck down out of their coat and lay it down in the nest. And eagles' nests are huge. They're five, six feet wide, made with these big sticks. And so they lay down all this down in the nest to help cushion the eggs and protect the eggs. But as those eaglets start to grow, and as they start to mature, and as they start to become ready to leave the nest, the mother eagle instinctively will remove down from that nest. And my pastor said, Steve, right now, God is removing down from this nest because he wants you to go and he wants you to go off on your own. Mm, Wow. And, and and it was really a word picture that just really spoke to me. And right at that time, my mother-in-law and, and my wife told me, they said, it's time, it's time to move on. And I made that jump. And for the first six months, it it was really a situation a a a lot like yours where it was living by faith. It was, okay, how do I support my family? Because I've been called to step off the wing of that airplane and jump. I'm flapping my wings on the way down saying, all right, God, I need your help here. I need your help. <laughs> and, and, yeah. and, and, and so this book, I, it, it so resonated with my spirit as I read it. I just, I absolutely loved it. Talk, talk specifically about how people's words of both encouragement and words that really hurt, how, how they affected you. Because people can say things that they mean well, 
but really ultimately it's just you they don't understand what what's happening when we're going through this kind of a wilderness season right wow yeah i love that i love the eagle story that's that is a great picture uh um yeah man um yeah, I think that was one of the hardest things is, is just, especially for me, uh, you know, we're, I don't know if it's just a man thing or if it's a Kevin thing, but, you know, I value so much or did the opinions of others. And, uh, you know, we all want our dads to, to get behind us when we're kids and we score a touchdown or whatever and say, good job, you're, you're, you're awesome. And uh, so I think growing up, you know, that's sort of, what really gets us and, and especially if our wives are, are, are behind us so I think that was really really difficult for me and it happened in places that we never would have expected um, you know and I, I mean I have a good relationship with my family but I, I'm, I'm being honest uh, we have family members uh, not not my parents or anything like that but people that uh, really could have helped us out and and uh, <laughs> Well, it, it 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 just didn't make sense. What I was doing looked stupid, and uh, you know, people called us lazy and and me lazy and all that kind of stuff. And you know, the only thing I had to go on was what Scripture said, and then what God was opening up and leading me to do. And I see that all these people in Scripture weren't following what other people were saying. Not not the heroes, not the people that had breakthroughs, and. You know, so again, going back to that, I had to decide: Am I going to be? Am I going to emulate these people, or, you know, please my whoever, you know, so so they'll help me out? But it, but it happened from from churches. It happened from uh, people we would consider wise counsel. Uh, you know, it was that same consider the ants proverbial wisdom. Um, just. Get three jobs, cut cable, you know, all this stuff. And it's like, man, you know, I don't have any groceries and I'm millions of dollars in debt. And that isn't going to help. I need a, a, a radical, life-changing God intervention in my life. But but you can't explain that to somebody who's not in the desert or who's not in that position. You know, and there was another a moment where we had uh, we had given and, and, and helped and, and done all these things in a, in a gosh I just I want to be real careful and respectful uh, in a, in a, a group a church group and it, it when it came time to being in need uh, it just it, it had stipulations and <laughs> we just didn't understand you know help these people over here in this country but uh, let your let your own people struggle and and you know, one of the big log- logical or logistical things that we kept getting at one one thing was God had spoken to my wife about homeschooling and uh, you know the, the thing is is when God opened this up through me he also really started to speak to my wife and so I knew that 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 it was from him we just didn't understand where it was going so one of the things she she came to me and said Kevin we're supposed to homeschool God's telling me this and uh you know, I'm like, awesome, let's do it, you know, it, it, and she's the opposite. You know, I'm this entrepreneur guy. I'm the I'm not the guy to sit in, in my office and try to write stuff. Uh, you know, I want to create and, and make wealth. So it's it's very Pauline, I guess, and, and the same with her. She's not the homeschool type, and but yet 
this is what God was saying. So there's a lot of credibility when you look back on it to see where we were, you know. And, and but anyway, just briefly, the homeschool thing, uh, you know, what what was said to us was uh, from a you know somebody we respected. Oh, that's noble, but it's time for you to get two jobs and fix your life, and and you know quit that, quit trying to be noble. And oh, it just blew me away. Now let me tell you one more thing. In addition to that, the other night I sat down at dinner with my two daughters, and they are seventeen. They're sixteen and seventeen, just about to be seventeen, eighteen. They've already graduated, or, or the ceremony hadn't happened, but they're done, and they're they're just wonderful. And they, I asked them. I said, "Girls, this has been seven. This is our seventh year. Is your life better? Give me an honest answer. Is your life better uh, now?" or worse because of what we've gone through. And, you know, I thought they would say some of both. They said, Dad, our lives are so much better. We see people our age in our culture, and they can't even make eye contact with adults. They don't have respect. Um, and, you know, both my girls have jobs. They work hard. They're saving their money. They know who they are. They're, it was amazing. But the biggest thing that came out of their mouths was, Dad, we've seen God move. How many people, how many kids our age get to see God move? We've seen him move. <laughs> and so we wouldn't change a thing. Now, that's fruit. So anyway. <laughs> you know, Kevin, I, I love what you shared there, you know, especially how it impacted your, your, your daughters. You know, the people in the world, when they're, when they're rooted in the world and that thinking, you know, that doesn't include God, you know, hey, it's noble to go, you know, want to homeschool the kids, but just go do what the world tells you to go get some jobs and start working this out. But when you have seven figures in debt, it doesn't, you're right. It doesn't matter whether you work two, three, four jobs and your wife is at work. That's not a hole you can dig out of without tapping into that faith in the God. And I think, you know, as I had some similar experiences and it was hard to reconcile at first until what I hear from you also is you start bringing that into light of scripture is this godly counsel? Does this path, does this idea, does it include God? Is it inspired? And if it is, and I have some, how then does that manifest itself in my life? How do I act on that? Because now you're in a place where God can continue to bless that path. And if you'd followed the path that maybe the world would have been common sense, right? That's what you, you talk about with your, your book. It's your journey of faith started where common sense ended. So some of the things you did were not common sense to the world, but they made perfect sense to you when you were allowing yourself to be, you know, uh, to hear God's voice and, and the Holy Spirit influencing and, and guiding and directing you. So, yeah. Well, you, you know, the, the, over and over, the, there's, so, there's so much. I just feel full of this. So I'm, I'm really excited just to be able to talk about this. But you know, you know, going back to this idea briefly about God had to strip away everything from me that that I had built up. You know, you can call them strongholds or whatever they are. They are landmines left over, and they need to be cleared out. And and you know, sometimes it means stepping on them and just just blowing that thing off. But uh, the opinions of others was very difficult for me 
to to get past. But I finally got to that point. But 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 the next thing in line is uh, how do I not hate them, or how mm-hmm. do I not envy successful people, or other people who've written books or whatever? And so it, it's just this continued journey towards sonship and being joyful about every day and truly living what the Bible teaches us to live. And, and so, but in that, there are so many tests. There's, there's confirmations. You know, we wanted to give up so many times. And I was talking to Steve and, you know, there are some, some really hairy moments where, you know, you think about, okay, I'm ready to go. Take me out of here. And, uh, you, you know, I'm not saying that, that, that I, I, was close to actually doing something like that, but boy, those thoughts went through my mind a lot because it's a lot easier. But to, but but as many confirmations as there were to keep us going, there was an equal amount of tests. And sometimes those tests were tremendous. I'll give you for instance. Uh, there was a, a moment where you know I was just going through those those motions and I uh, started uh, putting out some uh, resumes and and you know all that kind of stuff. It just felt like, okay, I got to fix this, you know, in one of my down moments. And uh, I, I just kind of let it go. Well, a company called me out of the out of the blue. I had forgotten about it several weeks later. And uh, I just, just said, all right, I did it. I'm done. I'll, I'll leave it alone. And then they called me and said, you know, you're perfect for this job. It was a six-figure job. It was 15 minutes away from my house. And I could have done it with my hands behind my back. Uh, it was based on my knowledge and and. You know, it was a, a marketing type job, so I had to decide in that moment, and 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 you know, I was going to take it. I was ready to take it. All I had to do was go through orientation, and I was all down that path. And then God spoke to me, and you know, I had again, I had to decide: is this God, or am I really just a nut? And so this happened a lot. But anyway, this one thing was what what God said to me was. Kevin, you can take that job if you want. I've, I've offered it to you. If you want to go back and, and do what you're doing, you can do it. But I've got something better for you, but it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard. And that was all he said. Oh. So it's like this nuclear bomb diffusion moment. <laughs> what do I do? I had to decide. Well, I turned the job down. And, you know, my wife... <laughs> Wow, I had to tell her <laughs> or ask her. <laughs> anyway, so that was a major test, but uh, and it has been hard. But was, right after that major test, though, some work did come your way via some freelance, correct? Absolutely, it did. Uh, yeah, it wasn't long. Uh, yeah, God came through again, that, and that, that was sort of the point I was trying to make. And thanks, Steve. Th- these tests are—they are. They are they're tough, tough stuff. Some, t- some, some of them have been. But God always confirms. He has always confirmed it. And absolutely, yeah, I got a call. Uh, again, it was a, another one of those things from a client I hadn't talked to in a while. And just, hey, we've got something. We'd love for you to do it. I did it, and it sustained us for a while. And, and it, was, it was beautiful. So, yeah, that happened. And, and uh, you know, it just I forget. There's so, been so many of them. <laughs> you know, I mean, wow. Crazy cool stuff, though. Kevin, as, as we wrap up, there's people listening to this that are in exactly the place that you described, or they know people that are in that place. So somebody that's, you know, in that, that pit, or they're 
on the way out, but they just had a one of these tests that you talk about. It was just thrown at them. They're trying to think through it. What what words would you share with them? Well, you know, I, I think Steve Steve said it. Uh, it really hit me when he when he said it, he would, when you jump out of the plane and you're trying to flap your arms. I mean, that's ridiculous. <laughs> Uh, but that that is what we do, and I think as men in particular, we're geared to do that. Uh, uh, but but ultimately, what we've got to come to is this this knowledge of how we're made. And, and I want to keep it short. I know we don't have much time, but we are a spirit man. We have a soul, and we have a body. And God speaks to us. We stand on the word, and we live on that. That is our bedrock. It's like a, a street. But we are moved along its path by the Spirit, and that is our chief navigator. So, so we've got to understand that. You know, it, it even talks about this in Hebrews. It says that the word is sharper, you know, powerful and more sharper than than a two edged sword. But it divides the soul and the spirit, and it also discerns the intent of our heart. So, the word is what we stand on, but it helps us see how to make those kind of decisions. So, we've got to get to that intimate place with 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 our Father, where we know. What he's saying to us is real. Now, the first few times, it's hard. And, and frankly, it stays hard. But he does confirm it. So it's like jumping out of that plane. And, and But don't flap your arms. Just know that this is it. So, Kevin, one last thing. Where are you right now within this journey? Well, we are living in a place of sonship and freedom that we've enjoyed and not worrying about things. We, we, at the same time, we work very diligently and, um, but we're excited. We feel like my wife and I both feel like we're doing what we're meant to do and God provides. And, you know, a lot of times when his hands look empty, they're just meant to, to open some doors and, and he continues to do that. So, uh, lots more writing and, and, and that kind of stuff ahead. And, uh, but we are very blessed and excited to, uh, to just be walking with him, it's a lot better than than having a company necessarily. If that, if you know what. I mean. <laughs> so, what sort of work did you do with your marketing company, and and are you available for freelance? Absolutely, you know, I, I did uh, a lot of uh, uh, marketing campaigns and uh, uh, you know direct mail kind of stuff in the past. I, I'm, I've always been able to write that kind of stuff. I can write any any kind of. Uh, campaign. Um, my my heart is to write for God. So, but as far as freelance work goes, absolutely. You know, if anybody needs uh, some blogging and, and that type of stuff, uh, count me in. I'm uh, also getting into doing some faith coaching and life coaching type of stuff. So, uh, that experience comes back into play. Uh, you know, in such a broken world. So, uh, yeah, I'm wide open for for marketing and uh, also freelance writing, primarily writing. And I hope if you have need of freelance writing, marketing, or life coaching that you reach out to Kevin. He's a very special guy to us. To get more info on how to reach him, just go to eternalleadership.com slash 036 and there we'll have links to his blog, his contact info, and especially his book, The Extravagant Fool. I read this book cover to cover and I loved it. All that and more, eternalleadership.com slash 036. If you're listening on your smartphone, tablet, or computer, that link is embedded in the description of this MP3 file. 
Special thanks to Justin Jeffrey for his editing and production help on this episode. Next time on Eternal Leadership from the Halftime Institute, Lloyd Reeb. The biggest mistake successful men and women do at midlife when they're on a quest for renewal is they jump to the solution too quickly. They don't take the time to get clear on who they are, their strengths, their passions, and then their calling. They jump to where could I serve and they take board roles or they or they leave their platform in, in corporate America or sell their company before they're sure whether they even need it or not. Lloyd wrote the book From Success to Significance. And if that describes you or someone you know, you'll not want to miss it. For John Ramstead, I'm Steve Ryder, and thank you for listening to Eternal Leadership. Thank you.